Welcome to Living Heritage, a show about people who are engaged in the heritage and culture sector, all those who keep heritage alive at the community level. I'm Natalie Dignam. I'm in the studio today with Linda Hickey, chair of the Bell Island Heritage Society. Today we're talking about the Heritage Society's new exhibit about Newfoundland accordion player Harry Hibbs, set to open at the Bell Island Museum in July of 2020. Welcome to the show, Linda. Well, thank you so much, Natalie. It's an absolute pleasure to be here. So I thought we could start um, by maybe just talking a little bit about uh, Harry Hibbs and his career and kind of like who he is for people who might not be familiar. Okay, so let's start with with Harry Hibbs, um, Newfoundland and Labrador's legend accordion player, I refer to him as. Um, I think he's a music icon. I don't think we'd have any argument about that. He's been around in the accordion industry. Um, Accordion, as you know, is alive and well in Newfoundland and Labrador. And I think that Harry Hibbs was instrumental in making that happen and keeping that instrument alive. Um, I mean, we know, I personally know myself, you know, kids as young as as 10 years old who are avidly playing Harry Hibbs tunes, you know, that's kind of what they learned the accordion on, uh, to people well up in their 70s who are still playing this instrument. So I think, you know, that's a testament to Harry Hibbs and his ability and the legacy that he's left behind. Mm -hmm. And you guys are, you're creating a exhibit at the Bell Island Museum, um, so if anyone knows a little bit about Harry Hibbs' career, he's actually from Bell Island, and then he really started his music career in Toronto with a lot of, like, Newfoundlanders in that area who had moved over to Ontario. Absolutely. You're 100% right. Harry left Bell Island as a young man. Uh, you know, it was during the closing of the mines era, uh, you know, when there was no jobs and there was a mass exodus from Bell Island to um, different parts of Ontario, but mostly, you know, Toronto, Cambridge area. They left Bell Island and went to work in the factories. You know, they, they chased the jobs where they were. And Harry was one of those. He His father worked in the mines. Uh, Harry's father was also a musician. That's who he learned from. He was an amazing fiddle player, so they tell me. And so that's where he picked it up. Uh, At a very young age, he was only five years old, I think, when he first started playing the accordion. And it was funny because he kind of turned his head to the mining. It wasn't something that Harry wanted to do at any rate. I guess the music was in him and he wanted to do that. So off he went to Toronto, uh, did, you know, start work in the the factory, was there for probably five or six years and got injured. And when he got injured, um, he just kind of went to a dance, like a local community dance one night. And somebody said, hey, Harry Hibbs is here. Pick up the accordion and play us a tune, which he did. And it just kind of escalated from there. And I think from the perspective of, of Bell Islanders and Newfoundlanders who were working in Toronto and, and you know, the, the greater Ontario area at that time, I think Harry was, uh, he was a little piece of home. And he brought them some comfort and it was, a, you know, it was a place to gather and to reminisce and to hear that, you know, that hometown music that they had been used to in the community back in the days when the mining, you know, was in full swing. And uh, I think it was part of the, the kitchen party era that started way back then and so the men would work in the mines of course you know it was hard work they worked six days a week they worked long hours and so sunday was their kind of reprieve it was a day to relax and unwind the one day that they would get and so they would sit around and play you know kitchen 
kitchen parties, kitchen music. Uh, people like Harry Hibbs would pick up an accordion. And so that was their cultural piece. Uh, you know, even though they worked hard, there was an integral cultural piece. And I think Harry Hibbs was instrumental in making that happen. And if you've ever seen, I, I watched a few episodes of his show, like the Caribou, Caribou Club. Yeah, the Caribou yeah, Club. Exactly. Um, it really is. It's just him on stage and everyone dancing. It's like a just a little it kitchen is. party. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. And people loved it. Like I said, I think it took them home. Uh, they were homesick. People who left never really got over it, I don't think. You know, they, they didn't matter how far they traveled, how far they roamed. It was always to get back home. Mm -hmm. And I think that still stands true to this day. It doesn't matter yeah. how far Newfoundlanders go to commute. We still commute for work. We commute a lot for work and but those who do commute still you know they they said i said there's something in the iron ore that makes their feet and heavy. i think like i'm not a, a newfoundlander but i was thinking about this too with kind of like looking at harry hibbs career um i think it's still you're you're right like i think it is true today a lot of newfoundlanders who are born here and uh create communities in other provinces or other parts of the world like like we have a lot of listeners who listen to this podcast who live in different parts of the states and different parts of Canada exactly. who still want to um, hear about what's going on in Newfoundland. Exactly. So yeah. So yeah, just if I could just you know add there, Natalie. Like we're currently working uh, diligently with a couple of Harry's nephews and his brother Marty uh, on getting the star on on um, the Canada Walk of Fame, and it's just incredible the Facebook explosion from that. But as you say, they're coming from everywhere. They're, we're seeing people from Australia, you know, around the globe that are saying, I, "Yeah, I remember this. Absolutely, mm -hmm. he deserved it." So yeah. Yes, it's far. It's global. You know, the, you know, he went far and wide. Newfoundlanders go far and wide. Yeah, yeah, very true. Um, we should probably talk more about the exhibit. Absolutely. Uh, and I know that you guys are getting artifacts from all over. So, can we talk a little bit about like what people are going to be able to see in the exhibit? And um, I think it's really interesting too. Like you're saying, it's a new direction for you guys because a lot of Bell Islands. Um, like the mine tour and the the museum right now is very focused on like the mining culture. Exactly. So we're very excited, right? The Bell Island Heritage Society about two years ago started this initiative and decided that we wanted to include, um, you know, the Harry Hibbs exhibit as part of the culture of the community, which was a big thing. So we have, you know, the Underground Mine Tour, which is an amazing tour. You know, we're, we're seeing this year, we actually broke a record again. Uh, we saw over 16,000 visitors this year for that Underground Mine Tour. We have the Community Museum, which has amazing community artifacts in it. It has the history of World War II in it. There's so much to see and do, but we didn't have the culture piece. And so we decided as the board of directors that the Harry Hibbs, um, you know, he was such an integral piece of the community. You know, we did an accordion show there. I hosted that show for 10 years, coordinated and facilitated it for 10 years running. And it drew big crowds, right? And people recognized Harry, you know, he, we posthumously placed him on that trophy, that Harry Hibbs Memorial Trophy, and we said, let's do something even bigger and better. So as part of our cultural plan, which oddly enough ties into the province of Newfoundland and Labrador's uh, cultural action plan, and so we wanted to incorporate the, that piece of the history as well. It was more than the work. 
and uh, it was the cultural piece it was the sunday afternoon dinners it was the music it was the entertainment that people like harry hibbs bought to the community and so we got together we started doing some work we started some outreach we met with um with harry's brother marty in toronto they were so on board it was just incredible and then it started to evolve to okay uh, i have something belong to harry that we can put on display we have the harry hibbs trophy which is going to go there we have a plaque from the music hall of fame that uh, harry is posthumously his first name is on that that hall of fame music plaque but then it started to come that uh, marty you know reached out and said you know i have some stuff and I think you're going to be very excited about this. And I was like, oh, wow, this is so exciting. You're right. And so it came to, you know, this, I have a gold record belong to Harry Hibbs. Um, Harry, by the way, had 26, he recorded 26 albums. Seven of his albums went gold. Yeah, I was reading this and it's amazing, like, um, just like how much material he recorded especially because he like started his music career kind of later in his life incredible it's just incredible right so hence you know the recognition and so then marty said um you know we were back and forth back and forth we got this and we got that and we said yeah we'll get that we'll put this on display and uh we actually did some renos to our museum last year a mega you know undertaking of a, a repurposing of some space and whatnot and lo and behold then i get a call from marty one day and he says um i think i have something for you and i said wow what would that be and he said i think i have one of harry's accordions and I, oh natalie you could have knocked me <laughs> off a chair i'm like oh my god this is incredible and so through that journey uh it was actually harry's brother mike his older brother mike who still lives in ontario who had the accordion uh we know that the accordion well harry's been dead uh 30 years since he passed uh, it was actually 30 years on december the 21st uh 2019 so it was in that year that the accordion ended up being um coming back to newfoundland so mike harry's brother came down in uh october late october brought the accordion took it with him in his arms he would not put it with the luggage and brought it to his niece in st john's and then i went to his niece's house and picked it up and it was like an aha moment it was like oh my god i have the holy grail of accordions <laughs> in my hand right so then it was kind of funny how the journey happened uh, there were some musicians you know well-known musicians accordion players in and around st john's who said wow you really got harry hibbs accordion i'm like yeah can i get a picture can you play it does it you know does it work what did condition? you have anyone play it we've had lots of people play it. that's what i was gonna i was wondering if you guys were gonna kind of like put in a glass case and be like don't touch or? oh my god it, it's been <laughs> incredible so we had accordion players like paul hamilton uh you know who harry hibbs is his idol he actually did a cd you know a tribute to harry hibbs wrote a song about him and recorded it he so he he said oh my god like i gotta touch this i gotta you know so you know paul took it he played it another guy uh chris bemister from torbay you know he was an accordion idol paul is an accordion idol so they came to the house and they were like you know can i can i touch it can i and it was like the holy grail they were like oh my god i can't believe this is harry hibbs accordion so people like mark hiscock who's really interested and of course you know uh, also did an album a tribute to harry um you know uh, local accordion players we've had young guy young brandon bowen 
14 year old accordion player who just loved Harry Hibbs right who came and actually did it and, and belted out a tune on it and it's just been amazing so the journey now has kind of it's kind of on plan that since the accordion came, it almost seemed like, oh my God, there's been an awakening because we really have this piece of Harry Hibbs with us. And so through social media platforms, the accordion has taken on a life of its own. And it's like it's, re, you know, Harry has come to life again 30 years later. Not that it, 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 his music has never died off, but mm-hmm. it's like when this appeared, people just wanted it. So now the ripple effect has been oh my god I want that I want part so we say it's part of its journey home to the Belle Island Heritage Society who will you know when when we do the exhibit which will be July 25th 2020 once the exhibit opens then the according will be housed there you know we're our goal is to preserve it and protect it and promote it we want to promote Harry Hibb you know this year as I said we had over 16,000 visitors we have a goal for 2020 as part of our 2020 celebrations we're saying 20 for 2020 20 20 for 2020 and so if we get so there's 20,000 people that will actually get to hear about Harry Hibbs and see this stuff so you know our goal is to remember Harry Hibbs the legend that he was uh the the contribution he gave to society the contribution he gave to musicians uh to the culture of Newfoundland and Labrador that's our goal Mm -hmm. so when you're in the exhibit I was kind of wondering like are you going to be able to like listen to some of the music uh, we're going to have some, some recordings on yeah. side there. Uh, we're still kind of in discussions. Like, we're at the point now of accessioning, you know, the stuff that's coming. There's a lot of artifacts. We have jackets. We actually have Harry Hibbs' stool that a gentleman made for him that he sat on when he played. That's coming to the museum. Like I said, one of his gold records is coming. Um, there's a piece of artwork. It's the, the actual um, artwork of one of the album covers that he done you know that's coming there's a lot of artifacts now people are coming and saying i got this Mm -hmm. album that album so once we get it in place there then we're going to decide uh you know what exactly do we want to do we don't want to the accordion is in really good shape considering it's we think it's more than 50 years old the accordion was also used to record one of his albums that we do know uh but we think uh, that you know we, we don't want to refurb it's an artifact now so we don't refurb artifacts they stay as they are right yeah the accordion worked it just leaks a little bit of air but these guys can play it these accordion players like Paul Hamilton and Chris Bemister and Mark Hitchcock and these guys they can play it and it can belt out a tune and it sounds very very good we don't ever want to see anything happen to it so we think maybe that casing it but before we case it we're going to let people who are the accordion aficionados, I call them, let them have their hands on it because that's going to be part of the history, too. So talking about like all these people that you've had, like from like young people to uh, people who are like well-known musicians play the accordion. It seems like accordion is like live and well in Newfoundland. Have you kind of noticed this like even almost you didn't think of it as a revival, but suddenly it's like, oh, now that you're putting on the exhibit, you kind of notice, oh, it's still very much like... It's it's incredible. Uh, I have a, a couple of friends, Marion and Barrett McCarthy. They're, they're musicians. They've been playing music for 50 years, 50 plus years maybe, right? I don't want to date them. Uh, but they come from, from background of musicians. Marion McCarthy's mother 
who was in St. Pat's home. Like, there's a video of her up on Facebook. Um, went up last night, I think. Her daughter, Paula, put it up there. Of her playing the accordion. She was maybe 88, 89 years old when she was playing this day. Lifetime, right? Uh, we had, Tonight, actually, we're getting together tonight with some musicians because it seems like every couple of nights somebody wants to get together and play this. So we get together with the group Hamilton Sound. And tonight, we have 10-year-old Luke uh, Mercer, who plays accordion for St. Pat's Dancers. Luke's dream is to hold and play this accordion. He's 10 years old. <laughs> He's 10 years old, and he wants to play this thing. So from 10-year-olds to Brandon Bone, who's 14 years old, uh, you know, to Marion McCarthy, her, you know, her mom is, is Mary Ryan from Renews, right, on the Southern Shore, who they lived this music. That, that's what they knew. Most people tell me, uh, I'm trying to learn to play the accordion myself, um, and I did actually get to play a little tune on, on Harry's accordion, but I'm not very good at it. But um, <laughs> most people tell me that they, the, those who started to learn to play the accordion learned from Harry Hip's tunes. Mm-hmm. Everything from Between Two Trees, you know, um, Minstrel Boy, uh, Renee Batten, another, you know, very, very talented, another accordion idol. Um, you know, she belted out a tune there last night. So now there's like these people are coming forward and saying, yeah, absolutely. This is Harry Hibbs. This is who I learned from. Um, and they play a tune for him. They do it live and, and post it on social media, which is tremendous. So that's the outpouring we want. We want the recognition for this this man for the work, uh, for his hard work, and for the contribution to the culture of Newfoundland and Labrador. So if people wanted to uh, support, you were saying there's some work to put him on the Canadian Walk of Fame, how, how would they do that? They actually, if you just go to Facebook, I mean, Facebook has exploded in the last couple of days. Like I said, the last time I looked was 2,500. But it's, there's a site uh, called Harry Hibbs uh, Walk of Fame, right and if you go to that site and plug in there i mean we're just all day long just approving people to get in on the site and then once you go on the site you can just vote Right mm-hmm. to have him into the hockey. We know this is going to happen now because it, like I said, it's exploded. It's getting so much uh, media coverage from the social media platform. Uh, Harry's uh, nephew Jay Tucker and William Tucker uh, both started this initiative a few years back, actually. But it just seems like right now it's imploding, and uh, you know we're we're reaching far and wide. Like I said, around the globe, we're getting responses from people who said, "Oh, I remember that stuff. I grew up in my household. My mother loved that music. My father loved that music." And and so on and on it goes. So finally, you know, we're so delighted to say that Harry is going to get his recognition. And from the museum perspective, from the Belle Island Heritage Society, we are just so glad. We started this initiative two years ago. And we're finally bringing it to fruition on July 25th, 2020, as I said. So we're going to have a grand opening. We're going to have live entertainment during the exhibit. Uh, You know, we're going to have guest speakers. Um, Harry's brother, Marty, is actually going to come and have a conversation with us. Right now, as far as I know, the last count, there's 22 of the Hips family coming. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that, that, that in itself. So, um... You know, Harry's brother Marty is coming. Um, his sister Kitty, who's Jay's mom, is coming. So his nephews, you know, their family, they're all coming to be part of this grand opening of th- this exhibit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think it's really interesting uh, that you had mentioned, like, the work you're doing with the Heritage Society of Belle Island kind of 
fitting into this broader movement in Newfoundland to highlight the the culture here and preserve it and also just um, I think it like it shows with what the work you guys are doing and that it can kickstart some recognition on like a wider national level exactly it's it it's it's it unfolded it just happened to unfold it you know the cards are all falling in place and it's right i mean the province has a cultural action plan uh we know from a, a tourism perspective that visitors who come are looking for experiences and so they want to experience, they not only want to listen to the music, they want to hear that, they want to be part of the culture of what's happening in these communities. You know, they're pretty fond of shed parties and culinary experiences, but they also want to be able to touch an accordion. And they want to be able to say, well, well, how does that work? Or, or you know, can you teach me something? And, and that's all part of the experiential tourism attraction. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that we can... In Newfoundland, we do that so well, right? From every aspect, you know, tourists come. We know from the feedback that we get that this is the kind of stuff. They, they want to walk on our trails. They want to listen to music. They want to go to the dances. They want to participate and be active members of, of what's happening. So we think that's an integral piece. And so, you know, it just... Was the, was the right thing to do at the right time. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, the, the mind tour that you guys do on Belle Island, like Belle Island is one example of really pulling together, like, the, the heritage piece and, like, really having that experience go along with it. Absolutely, absolutely. Like I said, we have people who come and uh, they're amazed. They're absolutely amazed when they go down and do that underground mind tour. I don't know if you've ever had the opportunity to I do that. I haven't been on it yet, but I've heard so much, like, it's... As someone who's not from Newfoundland, when I moved here, Belle Island was one of the places that people were like, "Oh, you got to get out and go." You have to go see, see the Island. mine tour. It's uh, it's an incredible experience. I might be a little bit biased because I chair <laughs> that board, but I can tell you, the very first time that I went down there, uh, it it was I had goosebumps. Like there, there's no explanation. You you kind of have to do it to uh, to understand it. But I remember I went to New York City when the Twin Towers after they had had gone down and i went to the site and it was it was eerie it was it was an awakening it was it was just unbelievable when i went down in the mines for the first time i I kid you not i could smell the horses i could smell the hay that's so funny right because the horses were of course you know big piece of it right and so there's something about we have amazing tour guides that are storytellers and and they know you know they they lived in the community so they share their stories that they heard you know from their grandparents and parents and uncles and whatnot who worked in the mine so you know, along with being professional tour guide, they also know firsthand the culture. And so they have the ability to share that out. And I think that's an integral piece of what makes the mind tours, um, you know, so so uh, inviting mm-hmm. and awe-inspiring for, for people to come and see, right? And then I said, like, we come up to the community museum and you see all these artifacts that are in the museum. We have a little cafe and whatnot there. And then people don't want to leave. They're like, I didn't realize that this was, this, this was so nice. Right, and so um, now we're going to be at be able to add Harry Hibbs to that. So here's another piece of culture, and you know our tour guides are going to be uh, you know talking about Harry and promoting him, and and of course we're going to preserve his artifacts for ever and a day. 
Have you had people, um, kind of like you're saying, people who remember the mines, have you had similar, um, like, stories from the community or, I guess, from the from Newfoundland, like, people who had known Harry and have stories, like, to tell about? Oh, there's there are people on, uh, even on social media right now, there are people are sharing their story. They're like, I remember when. Or I know I, I posted a picture of Harry's accordion. And uh, one woman said to me, I touched it when I was a little girl. I touched it. <laughs> right? I touched it when I was a little girl. Uh, you know, there's people saying, I went to see Harry at the Caribou Club. They're posting pictures of Harry Hibbs with, you know, this is my mom with Harry Hibbs. This is my grandparents, um, you know, th- that went to the Caribou Club. They were, you know, part of. So the stories are coming to life. Mm-hmm. Right, which is what we want. That's what we want to hear. We want people to share, you know, what their memories of, of Harry Hibbs. And I know last night uh, his brother Marty posted a fabulous piece that was put together with Marty and uh, Russell Bowers. And it's it's actually, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a radio, you know, we didn't have a podcast back in those days, but it was a radio broadcast and it, it's Harry is talking about himself and it's just incredible. He was very articulate. He was a very humble man. Um, not, not a bit, no egotistical, no, like it was just, this is what I do. And it felt so naturally to him. He was very kind. Uh, people remember him as being very loving, very giving. He would give you the shirt off his back. Marty told me they couldn't keep accordions because Harry he would, would give them away. He would give them away. If somebody said, oh, my God, I love that accordion. Can I have it? He would give it to them, right? And so um, what, a, what a gentleman he was and what a contribution, as I said, to society. Um, and how nice for us to be able to remember that. Right yeah. through through the Belle Island Heritage Society and through the museum and so you know it's it's really good we're we're really excited about it there's a lot of hype happening uh, you know we're inviting people to come we're we're um, we we know it's going to be it's going to be a fun filled jam packed day people are making mm-hmm. plans uh, people are asking me where can they stay people are asking you know what time who's going to be where is there going to be a dance afterward there will be. Uh, uh, so all of these things are coming together, and I think it's going to be a coming together of families to... I have people ask me, is there a place I can put a trailer? You know, can our trailer go on the, on the ferry? You know, how can we get there? Because we And these are people who are not from Belle Island. These are people who just grew up. Actually, one lady came from Odearan another island in, in Placentia Bay and said, you know, we that's what we heard growing up. And so we want to go and be part of it. Right? So we know it's going to be an exciting time. We're, we're absolutely delighted to be part of it. We're delighted that, um, you know, we're part of that cultural piece of of a of a community and that we have the ability to remember this man, this legend, Harry Hibbs, in, in such an outstanding manner. Yeah. So July twenty fifth, twenty twenty is your opening. It's the grand opening. Grand yep. opening, and if people want to go to that and get more information about it, where will they be able? to They find can that? go. To, they can contact the Bell Island uh, Community Museum. Can go to our website. Uh, we're on social media. If you type Harry Hibbs in, you know, hashtag it, whatever, you're going to find lots of following. So the information is on social media. It's on our website, or certainly they can reach out to the museum. And, uh, you know, it's not hard to find us. We're out there. 
And uh, before we wrap up, I thought it'd be nice uh, to recognize all the great work that your team has done with the Belle Island Heritage Society. Is there anyone that you want to like recognize? Well, definitely, you know, our board of directors have been front and center. Uh, you know, every time I come up with an idea or I'm like, oh my God, guys, I'm going to go crazy with this. You know, they're fully supportive. They're like, yep, like whatever we got to do to make it happen. You know, if we get a bit of good news, you know, for example, when the accordion came, the board was like, oh my God, like this is so good. We fully support. Uh, Teresita McCarthy is our executive director uh, who's been working very hard with me to pull this together. Uh, you know, we want to recognize um, TCII, Tourism, Culture, Industry, and Innovation, because they've been very supportive of our project as well. Um, and uh, like I said, there's there's some key players. We have somebody doing the research. You know, particularly I want to thank Marty Hibbs because he has been absolutely amazing and so supportive from for the past two years. We've been working on this, and now of course, um, you know, he he's Harry's nephews Jay and William have been you know on board big time. So big shout out to the Hibbs family, to the Bell Island Heritage Society board of directors, and to our executive director Terry. Stephen McCarthy for her work in, in making this happen. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Oh, thank you so much, Natalie. This was great fun. Thank you. I'll <laughs> see you at the Harry Hibbs exhibit on July 25th. I know. 25th. I'll do my first mind tour. Exactly. 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 <laughs> and thank then you. go. Dance. Thank you. You've been listening to the Living Heritage Podcast, a co-production of Heritage NL and CHMR Radio at Memorial University. You can find previous episodes on iTunes or wherever you download podcasts. We're on Twitter at HFNLCA. Do you have a question or a suggestion about an aspect of culture and heritage you want us to explore? Send us your mail and we'll do our best to answer it in an upcoming show. Email us at livingheritagepodcast at gmail.com. Our theme music is by Lache Swing. Thanks for listening. <laughs>